This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <whistles> only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the sixth minute of injury time. Injury time. Injury time. Look out, takes. Almunia saves. Look out, follows in. Almunia saves again. And now one minute on the counter-attack. Forestieri. Welcome to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. I'm Justin. I'm Carl. And I'm Peter. And we are here for a quick sort of catch up. We've got another international break. We've got a lot to crack through. So I think we ought to make a start. So we do have some questions from, I always say listeners, but it's actually Twitter. There's no actual guarantee that the people that are putting these or questions X. in. X. It's called now. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of X, we still have a Remembrance Day. <laughs> icon that will be changed back soon once x get their arse in gear let's start with our first question it comes from simon parkins and he asks stewarding oh Carl's- yeah <laughs> I think we going, we're, we're going straight into the deep end we, we may okay. as well just All right, I think no, they no call it swallowing swallowing the frog i think they call it yes carl's video shows him challenging the steward's behavior and attitude but we don't see what happened before can we hear about that please of course we can yeah absolutely so um i, I forget what minute it was in the game but there was a a fairly decent group of teenagers that had made their way into the empty seats of in and around the 1881. And just before, I'm say it's just before halftime or just after halftime. Now I can't remember, so I'm doubting myself. I'm going to say just after halftime, a, no, before, scrap that, before halftime. Okay. So bef- yeah, thank you. Editing little... Uh, yes, edit, so edit, just, heavy response from Carl there, everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just before halftime, a large group of the private security firm that they have that class themselves as stewards have wandered up to the top of uh, the rookery and started ejecting people left, right and centre. Generally speaking, teenage kid. Slowly but surely, they're making their way down. Now, what they're doing is they're actually standing in front of people who have generally got a right to be there and are trying to watch the game. So there's the 1881. There must be, and it's on the vlog, there must be 20, 30 of these individuals. So there's a bit of hostility and get out, blah, blah, blah. Uh, One chap gets to the point of us. And again, my son's like, 
why are you standing in front of us? Like we're trying to watch the game. You're just upsetting people. You're just getting in the way of everything. So this guy says to my son, he says, if you want to watch the game, you better shut the fuck up. And those were his Ooh. words. Right. So straight away, that's tri- that's triggered me. I'm like, who are, you, who are you talking to? You can't talk to people like that. You're there to do a job. You can't, that's not how you do your job. That's not what you're there to do. You're there to speak to people. Okay, you are there to steward whatever the terms of the agreement are there, but you're not meant to speak to people like that. So that became a bit of a conversation between me and him. And it, again, it was just very verbal from him, very much, what's it got to fucking do with you? What's I'm, I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to him. Well, I said, unfortunately for you, that's my son. So you are talking to me. Whether he be 18 or not, you're talking to me. Thankfully, Taylor wasn't too involved with it. He kept himself to himself dur- during that. But the, the guy basically started recording us, standing there on purpose with, a, with another lady who was just a couple of steps up. And I asked, I said to him, what are you doing? He said, I'm recording you for any anything that might happen. I said, what's going to happen? Nothing's going to happen. I said, all you're doing is getting in the way of the people behind you. So that now there's people behind us and in and around us who are also telling this guy to politely go away. If you believe that, you believe anything. And then the, that's when I started recording. I, I just said, look, enough's enough. I said, you're not very good at your job. You can't communicate with people. You, you can't speak to people like that. It left me feeling very much like, and we've spoken about stewarding on the, on the podcast before, but it left me feeling very much that this private company, I would understand if they were in the away end. I would completely and utterly get if they were looking after the away fans because they've got no connection to the club. They're there to do a job. An away fan kicks off, throws a bottle, like we had at Millwall, anything like that. See you later. That's your. That's what they're there for to do. I find it very difficult to believe where I sit in the rookery, that they have that issue, that they have a need for this company to be in there dealing with supporters like that, especially home supporters. And there's plenty of people that I've spoken to that have issues with these guys week in and week out because they target the standing section, if you want to call that, the 1881, who probably the the top end of that tier, they stand right down to me on that side. So it very much seems like they're being pushed into that area. Whoever's controlling them is telling them to go into that area. Now, I'm sure there's things that are going on in there that I'm not aware of. And I actually had the opportunity to speak to one of the Watford head stewards on the day afterwards because I wasn't happy. So I obviously Uh moaned and kicked off, if you believe that. (laughs) And he was very good. He said, we have got issues up there that you're not aware of whether that be alcohol being drunk in the stands, there's, there's all sorts of different things happening. I get that's fine, but you don't need to be like that with everyone. We're not all tarnished with the same brush. If you've got a section that are doing that, target that section. Don't target everyone with the same brush. It's, it's very un-Watford. It's very, as I've been through the processes and, and have tried to speak to, to Dave Messenger and will speak to Dave Messenger, it's very unlike Watford. It's very non-family at the moment in in where I sit, especially. Uh, and I know there's people in other stands that have had similar situations where people trying to bring chips in from the outside and being denied access. People, ladies trying to use the toilets in a different stand that are being denied access. I just don't get it. I really don't. And my personal experience with this chap was a negative one. And I, I've been able to report that by recording him because he was recording me. That's the only reason I did it. And it's gone on TikTok and it's absolutely blown up. It's gone mental. Yeah. Yeah, it's gone viral. It's gone mental. From me to the club, talking to the club, and I don't necessarily believe anyone from the club listens to me or listens to this podcast, for instance, but 
they're a real problem because they do not have a connection with the club. They do not have a sense of what being a fan is. And, and as I said at the, the very start of this, I get it if they're in the away end because they're there to do a job and really anything that kicks off, get rid. I get that. That's unnecessary in where I sit and the majority of the ground. I just don't, I just don't understand it. To just come to you and just basically the first words out of his mouth are swearing at you and telling yeah. you to, that, that's not acceptable. Just tell me what the, what the problem is and then I can What's deal with it. Yeah. Rather than just being abusive and bullying. and Yeah, exactly. That's it. It was very much the guy stood there with his hands in his top pockets, pushing his chest out, just towards an 18-year-old. As soon as I get involved, it's a different conversation. That's why I called him over because I sit four seats in. My lad and Taylor are on the end two seats. And they were nothing to do with what they were originally looking for, but they were just making their way down. There was a couple of... I, I, I bumped into one teenager who'd basically been thrown over a seat. And I don't know the full ins and outs of it, but he'd been. Free, he's, I'm only going off what I've been told. He's been thrown over a seat. We're like, what? What's going on? Or dragged over? Should I say? It just. It's unnecessary. Uh, it, it's too much. There, there's no trouble within the rookery, in in the ground generally. I, I know that we've gone over things previously that there is still a problem with racism. There is still a problem with uh, all sorts that that go on at football. I get that, but you can't go and lead with an iron fist and deal with everyone the same way. These, this company, whoever they are, needs to have a look at their staff and a training module, whatever, just how to deal with people, talk to people. When we had stewards that go home and away uh-huh. that we know, and you've got it in the family stands, and I know you have because I used to sit there regular with who say hello, there's no problems because you not build that so, rapport, Not so much anymore. Not, no, not so much okay, anymore. So it's, since, it's, I, since I've had that stand, it's changed. The, it's the same know. thing. That you've, yeah, so it's the same thing now in, in all stands, actually. To be honest I, with I you. think <laughs> in fairness, I think they, in fairness, they have been given some training because nobody could be that fucking awkward without some kind of <laughs> combined <laughs> level of stupidity. For example, if you do have two stewards standing idly at a vomitory as people are trying to walk through, always both stand on both yeah. sides just to make sure one person can go through and don't don't move under any circumstances. I think that's probably item one of the stewarding manual. You're absolutely right. Everybody does remember when those that when those people were there and there are a number of people in kind of supporter services, which is where I think some of these those people have been placed, who are well-known faces and are that they project that. However, some of the others are literally they have been bought in. They are rent-a-goon. They are literally yeah. bought in from uh, doing. I think somebody said, phoned in and said the, the other day they said Luton and Millwall uh, had been commented that they've been at. They don't know anything. So I mean, if you are a steward, do you remember? Do you remember Vicarage Roadies? Those people who stood outside and helped like new supporters yeah. and as to where they could go. These people don't know where the fuck to go. All they know is go up there and basically seem seemingly to intimidate people. We had this last year and I appreciate we're going back to it again, but it's just another flavor of the same bullshit, quite frankly, is the fact that people are paying, you know, you know, 30 pounds or what have you to get in. I can't even don't even know what the match day figure is because I'm a season ticket holder and have been for yonks. But it, you're paying 30 pounds for 90 minutes entertainment. If you're going to bother me for 10 minutes, where's my monetary refund for that? You know, in in fairness, it's probably the same policy that they're using for Hive Live, which is basically you shouldn't actually be watching this anyway. So we're not going to take the sound away or we're going to interfere with the experience in some way. But this is even more sinister because if you are picking people out 
before anything has happened. We've spoken to Dave Messenger on this podcast twice now. We spoke about the the, the We campaign last week on on the spaces after the game. And and a lot of people have it's a big debate to have. It's a societal issue. It's not just football and it certainly isn't just Watford in any way shape or form. However, we've spoken to Dave and it's about identifying who those people are and then dealing with it in an adult conversational manner. It is not about sending in goons in a fucking hit squad to go and try and isolate certain people during the match to try and do what? Intimidate them out of doing what? If you know they're doing something, do something about it prior to match day. Stop interfering with everybody else's match day experience. It's not needed. The level of you know, as you're walking through, having gone and bought, I don't know, food and drink, and you're walking through, and they're just sitting there stopping you going, can I see your season ticket? And you go, what, what again? I've got through that m- metallic mechanism yeah. to get in here. Yeah. What, really? And then you get through there, and then you get through to the vomitory, and they ask for it again. I'll be quite honest with you, my answer, and I think of myself as somebody who's fairly affable, is fairly short, sharp, and sweary by the third time I've had it. Um, it's it's really not required. This is Watford. Well, this is not Millwall. This is not anything that that should be done. We are customers, seemingly, so we should be treated yeah. as such at the very least. Very annoying. Mm. The yeah. the other thing is that I wasn't aware of until Saturday is that there's almost like a code of conduct now before you go on the away coaches. Now, this doesn't affect us because we don't go on them unless we're going to Luton, in which case it's a Harry Potter. But there's a thing now about... <laughs> Wingardium um, Leviosa. Yeah, you're getting frisked on the way in. You're getting both getting on at Watford and when you're getting back on to come home again. There's also things about anyone who's offensive in any way will be taken off the bus. Interpretation of offensive isn't actually given. I only skim read this because Louis showed me it. Louis goes away on the away coaches, so he showed me this has actually come from Watford Football Club. There's that as well. And then Peter Wilmot has, has put a point here, which kind of feeds into what Peter was saying there, which is getting frisked on the way into the ground. Mm. Is it really necessary? I rarely get searched at away games. Maybe it's because I'm 68 and common sense would say I'm not a danger to anyone. And that's been going on for a couple of seasons now, the whole frisking thing. Would you like to know something? Just on that, just to, sorry to interrupt you, just very interestingly, and, I, and I'll be completely honest with this and, and please leave this in. On my way in to the rookery stand on Saturday, I said to a guy, I'm 16. You cannot touch me. You cannot search me. Pratting around. What did he do? Let me through. Ah. <laughs> Didn't search me. Now, anybody that's seen me or knows me. Did he have a stick yeah. and a dog? Come on. Yeah. I, I am many moons away from 16. But that just goes to show you, if you play the game, these guys yeah. do not know what they're doing. They don't know what they're yeah. doing. They're, and, that, and that's a problem. That's a problem. From you're talking about safety, you're talking about things getting into the ground and, and all of this and all this nonsense about umbrellas and flasks. All you gotta do, guys, is say that you're 16 and they can't search you. There Allegedly. you go, Louis, if you're listening. Because he actually tried to take some chips in the other day from Fridays or whatever it is on the road and was told mm. no, you can't bring them in. So he had to stand outside and eat them before could that's a financial thing though, isn't it? That's because the club want you to spend your money, your hard earned money on overpriced food inside the ground, surely. That's exactly what that is. Yes, it's exactly what that is. And Carl Campion's brother to leave a, a brolly outside that he never got back again. It's, it's just common sense, a lot of this. It really is common sense. And th- this is the sort of stuff, really, that we should be trying to find out what our ambassador can do about it because th- th- these are the sort of things that are annoying supporters now. 
This is what the supporters are getting pissed off with. Let's be balanced here, because in fairness, it is ironic that it went on Saturday, which was obviously Armistice Day. And credit where credit's yeah. due, everybody who put the, and, and this was an absolute theme on the spaces, everybody who worked to put together that Armistice Day pre-match, the minute silence, the the parade at halftime, which, as I said, had echoes of thanking the NHS. It was a real community being brought together, which seems to be what's being made, is being undone here, or this is an element next to take a look at in a in probably a more I won't say priority because of course the Armistice Day wasn't going to move for anybody. So well done for getting that done. The priority now shifts to trying to make sure that the experience that is being given to to, to Watford fans is commensurate with the community that is being spoken mm. about. And that was a great example of it on Saturday. So credit where it's due. Let's be absolutely balanced here because it was absolutely superb. But you're absolutely right. It should be looked at there. It also is interesting because it does it fall between a number of different areas. Does it fall to Dave because of the WE campaign? Because it, it is something untowards being said that is triggering this. Is it the stewards? Therefore, do we need to speak to them? Is it actually something? Do we need to speak to Chris Hall, who was Dave Messenger's replacement as supporter well, liaison? Or has does Luther's role kind of yes. step over that now? Or where does one start and the other finish? Just so well, that everybody knows where yeah. they can go to. I see him as the conduit to all of them. I, I don't know which one I have to go to, so I go to the person who's the the conduit. So I think maybe those sort of things should be directed to Luther to then he will know which person it sits under. If that way, nothing's lost and Luther's dealing with it. And, and I get I, that, but by nature, if somebody's role is supporter liaison, if they are disconnected yeah. from being approached by the supporters, I would suggest that that role is no longer really viable. And but I'm not, you know that I, I just want to know which you know one that, that Chris Hall is supporter liaison. But a lot of people probably don't, so they might just go. Well, who can help me get through to the support of the A's? Let's have a chat. Yeah, and and I've I've not heard. It's no disrespect to Chris. I've, I've never met the guy, but I've not heard a great deal from him. Dave Messenger was my automatic go-to because one spoken to him. Two, I don't know how to get hold of Chris. I could have texted if I'd thought about it. I could have texted the hotline about being spoken to in yeah. a particular way about the steward. I could have done, but yeah. they'd have nowhere to leave the yellow card unless they put it on his back. And no, true. that's what I'm, I'm saying. It's a real, it, we're really colouring outside the lines on a lot of this. It's very blurry. And I think mm. that needs, it needs adjusting. We all agree on that. We, we've just, we've just covered that very simply there. I think we've answered Simon's questions and then some in terms of actually what occurred and where it came from. 20 minutes deep. Thanks, the, the other no, thing is a number of people came back and, and have said, yeah, absolutely. I had a problem with that particular guy last week or this yeah. or that. And if you go to the match day yeah. vlog, which I thought was fascinating, there was a bit after it where you videoed up towards the back of the rookery and every where single they step, standing. they were yeah. all standing there at the end of the line. And it was, it, it just, I'm sorry, that's just wrong. That's just intimidating. It is not tactics that I associate with Watford Football Club. It is nothing that was seen previously being required. We keep hearing about, oh, this is the Stadium Safety Advisory Group, who were this anonymised, faceless group that get blamed for everything, who I doubt even fucking exist, to be quite frank, because unless you can show me who they are, it's great to say, no, it's this person. His name's Edward. No, you can't see him, but it's all his fault. Brilliant. Somebody at the club has to actually stand up and say, this is actually what we do. When Scott was asked about the stewarding, 
after the Q&A bit, because it was the one question that was missed, I know he'd said something like, we spend an awful lot of money on stewarding. I would suggest, Scott, and the powers that be at the club, that you're probably not getting the customer experience that you are paying good, hard-earned cash paid for by your fans' good, hard cash from the company who are enforcing this. It can be better, and, you, and I'm sure they know it. I don't want to go any further with this, really, but is the fans cold, hard cash, all that now, when the TV money is so much more? I just wonder how much fans... The TV money is gone, mate. The TV money has been hocked. The matchday revenue now will make the substantial bulk of the revenue unless we get up into the Premier League. Genuinely. Okay. Which is which is funny because you've got empty seats in the stands that these teenage kids are trying to sit in for a better match day experience. All right, they're not make, they might not meant to be there, but they've paid to get in, they've paid their money. Does it really matter where they sit? I don't know. They weren't causing a problem for me. I remember years ago going as a season ticket holder, I used to fucking move my seat all over the place. Family stand yeah, yeah, before absolutely. the away supporters were there. I used to, used to sit anywhere. It, it also does come back to a question that we spoke about about 18 months ago, but it comes back to the same thing, which is you have got where the family stand currently is, which is sitting to the side of the away fans, is a naturally yeah. enclosed area that could be used to basically house the 1881. You would have a loud area. Now, I appreciate that lots of people in the family end will go, I don't want to be moved. I'm really happy where I am. I've always been in the Vicarage Road and I'm, I'm one of them. But if they needed to mirror me and move me to the Vicarage Road end and let the 1881 and all of those people who want to be more vociferous have a safe standing area, whatever, utilise that there because it's got a natural geographical that's, distinction that's, from the rest of the ground. You've then got all of the family in the stand with the best facilities. It still makes no sense to me that the club or the people who are running it have never tried to deal with this. Strangely, the Safety Advisory Board don't seem to have said anything about that. That's something I'd really like to get off the ground. I'd really like to get some movement in not relocating the 81, 1881 because they're not an issue, but the, the family stand, and I've brought up its geography issues around the ground before we, of we where brought, it is. We, we brought, brought this up, up to, and, and, to the and big man we, himself, and he was he unaware. Yeah, he was unaware of the fact that kids are going out yeah. with away fans at the end of matches. With away fans, I'd really push it. I would really want to put. I've asked to speak to Dave Messenger. Dave Messenger is probably not the person to speak to because of, of X, Y, and Z. But I really, I'm not going to sit on this. I, I'm really going to try and push something here because this company are awful. They're, they're awful. But yeah. Watford could do so much more to help the situation. And, and I don't think they are. In fairness, it, it in fairness, be because the, the whole of the Vicarage Road end was the home end up until 1999. Yeah. Once we got promoted yep. to the Premier League, everybody was shifted to the rookery end. There's a lot of people that won't appreciate that, but the rookery end was traditionally in my supporting time, the away end. Ever since I started going, the rookery end was away and the Vicarage Road was the home end. And it was, how far do you want to go back? Terracing and the scoreboard and all that sort of stuff. But when we got promoted, everybody was moved and there wasn't a big, oh, I don't want to sit in the rookery end. It was, okay, come and choose your seat. This is where your season ticket will now be. Is everybody happy? I don't remember there being too much dissent over that. So if you did eventually say, look, the family stand is going to have to move. Let's not forget it was not always there. It was on the old East stand, the family stand, wasn't yeah. it? It was never- they, didn't, they, didn't have a, they didn't have a problem moving people when they wanted to put a load of new boxes in the upper GT. They moved people and, very quickly for that. And, and disabled uh, seats as well yeah. in the lower GT. Because I got moved when I used to sit in the lower so GT. It was, so it's doable. So it's, it's doable. doable. It can in, be done, and, in, yeah. and in fairness, because I'm the one who started off that particular snowball, <laughs> 
And I, apolo- <laughs> I apologise to anybody who goes, I've sat in this seat for 25 years and I want to stay here, etc. But if you look at what's ha- what's going on with, and I am talking about the 1881, I'm talking about the, the group that's seeing in the, as you look at it, the right of the rookery, who will try and start to, to sing and get everything moving and great and all power to them. No problem whatsoever. That seems to be the area where these stewards are looking at this. If the stewards sort their bloody lives out, then this problem kind of goes away anyway. However, if we are, and many clubs are now talking about um, trialling safe standing if the issue is people are standing, put that in that particular area. It makes sense. One of the one of the hotspots is you've got people who are in the main stand, i.e. the rookery, who want to sit down, who don't want to move from the seats that are well-centred to them. They've been played about. They've had the 1881 kind of moved in on them over time previously, etc. If that went up the far end and the families came back down down to as part of the main, the main group in the rookery, it would be an absolutely easy swap. And if you look at the family stand, you'll see that it is not filled. It is not filled. Mm. If you had an environment in the rookery that was entirely family-centric, then more people would return. More people could come to games. You would have less of an issue about talking about people in some of those minority groups feeling disenfranchised about coming in and feeling intimidated. And if you had the what, what might be deemed the hardcore support of the 1881, those who want to be vocal, those who want to uh, make a, a load of noise, a hullabaloo and stand up, you've got the place to put them. I just don't, that's just my take. And I appreciate and I apologise for anybody who's going, but I don't want to move seats, Pete, shut the hell up. I Take your point. Hi, this is Amin Abdi, and you're listening to Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. <laughs> at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Let's is, move away is from there any, now. Is there any other questions or is that the only yes. one? <laughs> no, no, there's others. Do you want a football question? <laughs> or do you want Have we got a question? food one? Have we got a food one? Yeah, this is it's more of a it's more of a comment actually. Wendover oh, Horn, who I actually have as our it? culinary expert, because he had Jamaican patty crumbs on his chest when I saw him on Saturday. He's always got some sort of crumb. I try and identify what he's been eaten by the crumbs. What is it today, Greg? Oh, it's Jamaican patty, right? He he says the new Indian food tuck in the upper G. No, it's not. I saw this. It's awful. I had cold chips oh. in there, Greg. I'm sorry. That gave me radiator water out of my bottom. So I'm, oh, did you? I'm, oh. I'm not, I'm not particularly <laughs> that fond with, uh, with Greg's okay. uh, comment. I've had it a number of times and it's excellent. I would suggest your constitution needs looking at, Carlos. <laughs> okay, here's a good one. This is from Ash Furby. If Watford get through the next run of games in good shape and are still within sight of the playoffs by Jan, and if you could strengthen just one position in the transfer window, what would it be? Mine would be a young CDM to handcuff to Livermore to learn everything he knows. And there are a couple of things about Livermore. People are, are really liking what Livermore's doing. Yeah. Uh, so Peter Lee says, is it coincidence that our form has picked up since Manga left and Livermore has come into the team? 
team. There's also things about loser as well. Do you, which was on, oh yeah, Paul Fiala Turner, do you we, think that loser will be able to get back in or is a January exit inevitable? So there's a midfield question there, really. Yeah, we look a better team without loser. I think we look much more organised. Do I think we need to um, bring a, a, a centre mid in? Yes, I do. But Livermore has been fantastic. I was a little bit sceptical when he came in. I think there was a good few of us that were in terms of his age, in terms of uh, my wife is destroying the bedroom here at the same time as I'm trying to talk, which is excellent. Thank she's, you for coming she's in. She's probably looking point. for the dog because some moment. radiator water's leaked. <laughs> Are you done now? Is that it? Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Please feel free to fuck off now. Thank you. She's making regular appearances on this. Yeah, now. she is. Yeah, yeah, she's trying to get. She thinks I'm getting paid for this stuff. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it is. Well, anyway, goodbye. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. Jay. <laughs> Podcast gold, there, lady. Excellent. Always. Podcast gold. Always. Always. <laughs> professional. Yeah. Professional till the very start. Yeah. Carry on. She was very good on the spaces, actually, wasn't she? She Swear was. Swearing. She was. Yeah. She was. Yeah. What I'm saying. She's she was brilliant. More appearances. Rotherham were bloody shit. And you go, oh, and there's yeah. Mrs. James appearing for the first time on the podcast. Excellent <laughs> news. Getting into the spirit straight away. <laughs> and where was I? Yeah, so Jake Livermore. Yeah, he's been brilliant the last the last few games. I think he's really shown his experience and what he's all about. Again, I, I was a little bit worried about his age and his, his injuries in the past, but I think if you could get a player that could come in and, and sit alongside him, we might have a chance to push on up the table. I, I just I think there's a few teams out there that are uh, a little bit more better positioned than us this season for, for playoffs though. But we'll see. I really like the wording of the question because experience is what you get after you needed it in the first place. Yeah. The amount of times you look at people and go, oh, they're crap because they haven't had the chance. Well, trust me, they're improving. Every time they get something wrong, they're finding out what they've done wrong and hopefully they will reduce the number of times that they do that. So, it, no, it's a great question. We'd spoken about this previously and I'd said somebody to come in and score goals, a Daryl DK type of player who could be a combination of bio and, and what we saw from from Ryovic, somebody who can score goals but also can make runs in behind as well as actually dropping deep and picking the ball up. Because in Ryovic, we have a player who I think he made three passes but scored two goals in the entire time that he was on the pitch. He cannot control the ball. He cannot, because he can't control it, he rarely gets to pass it. So he's limited in the build-up. But we know what he is. In and around that, the, the six-yard and the second six-yard box, as it was typically called. He's deadly. Pomo, yeah. position of maximum opportunity. He will just get a little toe end or something in front of that defender and just head it goal, get it goal-bound. That's it. That's all he does. He is a one-trick yeah. pony. So it's a very good trick to have, though. Because let's be honest, who really cares if he does anything else, providing we can work as the, the other nine outfield players to get the ball in there for him to attack and to create a problem. It was that that was good. But as we all said on Saturday, in the same way as we said about QPR, it was Rotherham. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they had a full strength team out either, did they, to be honest with you? It was They're now man- managers as well. <laughs> So talking about Ryovich, Wendeveron says Ryovich crossed the ball in front of him and he'll mm-hmm. score. But Stephen Jarrett says, why did Ishmael play wide players on their correct wing and Ryovich to put away 
outswinging crosses earlier in the season. It clearly works far better than wingers playing on the wrong side and cutting in. Keep it simple. So what he's yeah. saying is the inverted wingers thing isn't working very well. And lo and behold, if you have them on the right side, they run to the byline, cross it, and somebody scores. I mean, is this something that is so obvious that maybe we're missing the point? Or is this... This is something that people on the spaces who don't have any pretension to be professional football players or working in the professional game have noted and observed all throughout the season. It's been one of the pieces that's been discussed. In addition, what's been discussed has been the number eights, i.e. the two more forward midfield players, because he plays, he, he has played loser on the right, and he's played Tom Deli Bashiru for large chunks, and now that's fluctuating. But even now, he plays KM on the on the right, who is a left-footed player, and he plays Kone on the left more. It, it, that's not such a problem when you've got somebody like Ken playing on the left. When he plays Ken on the right, Ken is up. I love Ken to pieces, like most people really love him. You just cannot not like that guy. But if you break it down, what he does as a footballer, it is about power. It is about strength. It is about going down the outside of the, a right back because there's nobody covering him. If you because he's going to try and put it on his left. If he's going up against a left back, he has to cut in field to go on his left mm-hmm. because his right foot. N- nobody really knows what Ken's right foot's like because I don't think he's ever used it. That's not a problem. But trying to drag him in left, he just doesn't have the touch or the or the delicacy to do what perhaps a Tom Inson and a Spria will do. His success is, and I've used the phrase for Ken on hundred one occasions. He barrels down the outside of, of the uh, of the right back gets to the byline and pulls it across is it old-fashioned yeah maybe is it effective bloody right it is because what happens is if he's going at the right back and he cuts inside or any inverted winger cuts inside what it's making the defense do is just grab together they're condensing they're compacting the space in football parlance they're basically meaning there's no big gaps if he goes at a right back and goes on the outside, suddenly that right back has to tail and move back backwards. A centre back has to come across to try to cut out the cross or try and defend if he's got past the right back. You're creating gaps, bigger spaces. It's a way to actually create space when attacking. And that has always been the point of attacking. It's only since Pep started at utilising Barcelona and using incredibly brilliant technical players to attack using really tiny spaces that that people went, oh, actually, what we should all be doing is trying to thread the ball through the eye of the needle every time. Don't worry about that, because you know what? We don't have Barcelona's players. We haven't got La Masia. We haven't got the technical ability to do that. Go back and do it. And you saw the start, what happened on Saturday, two goals up inside of, what, 15, 20 minutes, and suddenly the opposition are, are, are really on the back foot. Our third goal as well. If I think it was the third goal. I think it came from a corner, but the fact that the corner was forced by an early ball being pumped up from the goalkeeper, whereas Backman would have still been holding on to that for 20 seconds, deciding, am I going to throw it? No. Am I going to throw it? No. Am I going to roll it out? No. It, it, that, that wasn't the case. It was walloped up the field. Something happened. There was a corner and then there was a goal. I, I, th- that annoys me, the whole holding onto the ball thing of Backman. I thought... Hamer's feet were, his distribution was a lot better. Uh, there's no yeah. question there. His feet were, used both feet. His feet were very quick. He didn't dawdle on the ball like, like Batman does. Um, he, he didn't have a lot to do in the game in terms of goalkeeping. I think he punched that one that was pretty much centre of the, the goal that was wellied at him. But I, I actually, that was quite impressive, his distribution. on, And, and I think that did help the, the game keep its pace and us keep our pressure. 
So I think that that was really important. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not picking on Daniel Batman. I just think that he he, he does that thing where he'll catch a ball, no? and he does he does not. a run that maybe a bit. He does a run <laughs> and he into the box. He's going to well, he's going to throw it, and then he'll go no, and he'll hold on to it. No, and he'll hold on to it. And by that point, everyone's back. Everyone's back, and it's like now let's play it out ponderously. I just think the distribution was a bit zippier, like you said, on Saturday, and maybe that did contribute to something a bit more attacking. Maybe not. I don't know. Just a an observation that I made personally. I think one of the truisms of football, and it's certainly, it was my mantra back in the day, I'm going into the dim and distant past, and football's moved on and people look at it in a different way. Very distant past. Fundamentally, do your first job. If you are a defender, defend. If you're a goalkeeper, be a custodian, first of all. Try, trying to play like Lionel Messi six yards out in the centre of your own goal does Backman and my heart no good at all. Either of us. You've got to fundamentally do what you want to do. What I saw from Hamer on Saturday, I'm not saying he's the world's end either. And and I've got no I've got no major beef with 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 Backman or and I'll get on to his distribution in a minute. But well, one thing you saw from Hamer was that he was a goalkeeper, first and foremost. It was get the fucking thing away. That's it. And what that does as the last line of defense, that permeates forward. I think we have seen with Porteous being a bit twitchy, we've seen Hoot go a bit twitchy this season at various times, and we've seen Backman be quite twitchy at times because they're not doing the basic thing that they need to do as the foremost idea, which is you're the last line of defence, move the ball away from goal. End off, end off. Don't worry about stepovers and doing other things. Get the ball away. Fundamentally, if the ball is in row Z, they cannot score. End of. Very simple. And that simplicity permeated forward and permeated outwards from Hamer. I think Backman is being asked to play in the style that he is. I, I think he's playing it a, a lot better personally since the international break. I think he's been claiming things in the air a lot better. I don't think he's been quite as twitch-worthy because, of course, we've also had a number of clean sheets, which he has also been involved in. So I think he's done well, but I think what was really nice was seeing Hamer come in and be solid and reassuringly basic. He just got the basics right. His first game since what? Stevenage, where he didn't have the greatest. And since then, before that, it was the Coventry one, where one was practical. I won't bother having to save for that. That's going, what? Oh, dear. He just did the basics and fair play to him. In terms of the distribution, and I've said it before, there should be an idea and a plan exactly as soon the ball has come in. Where are people breaking? Once the ball goes into, into Daniel's hands, what is the plan? And I've never seen the plan. And, and again, no. and I am talking 25, 30 years ago, I said about this on Spaces a, a while back. I used to go off to a thing called AFCAT, which was the Association of Football Coaches and Teachers, and go and watch various different, very highbrow coaches put on sessions, it included Ray Lewington, included Roy Hodgson when he was at Inter Milan. And one of the ones was Peter Shreves, who was the boss at, at Tottenham. I don't think he was the boss by the time he was doing this particular thing, but he basically showed us what they would do from corners to counterattack. And it was, this is what we do. When the ball comes into hands, this is where you run, this is where you run, and this is where you generate the space. And they literally had it like a set piece so that they could counter on teams. Now, of course, they had the bonus of having people like Glenn Hoddle being thrown the ball. I'm not saying we have, (laughs) but there would still be a better idea than seeing Backman get the ball, collect the ball finally, rush out to the edge of his box, look wildly and panicky as to who he's going to throw it out to and everybody going, not me, mate. I think that's a group responsibility that could be worked on. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Okay, I'm going to try and keep this going and and a little bit short because there's still a few bits to go through. This sort of kicks off 
the ownership thing. If rumours are true about a potential investment, would the rookery stand get renamed to the Lethal Weapon Rookery End? Because obviously it's a Warner Brothers thing. I prefer Blazing Saddles myself. Oh, they've done well there. They've done well. He's done well there, yes. There were rumours that had been heard and were mentioned on the spaces about a potential investment from Warner Brothers. I'd like to clarify something, if I may. The information that I had was it's an investment company that are linked to Warner Brothers. They maybe are the money men behind Warner Brothers rather than Warner Brothers themselves. So... I understand people have come back to me and said Warner Brothers are in £2 billion worth of debt. I completely agree. But my information was that it's an investment company that are part of them rather than the Warner Brothers. Harry Potter turning up and all that. Yes. As someone who makes a lot of the content for our Twitter, the potential for memes and stuff, if we're owned by oh, Warner you're, Brothers... You're is- you've, got a jo- you've got a full-time job there. Yeah, it's just huge. It's brilliant. I can't wait. <laughs> but it's been a little bit poo-pooed and stuff from what I've seen. People yeah. going, oh, no. It's an investment into the club from, and it's connected to Warner Brothers rather than the Warner Brothers themselves who are probably long dead yeah. now turning up. And yeah, we, we want to buy a Wildbird. So yeah, that's probably not going to happen. But yeah. It, <laughs> sorry. It, it's, I'm it's, sorry. Right. Yeah, what particular yeah, part of the United States was that from? Then. That was yeah. that was an accent, really, rather than anything else. <laughs> Very generic. Where are you from? Well, I'm from all over the United States. All over the US. Southern or Eastern, I probably can't. Chris, Vinny, Ron, everybody in the US, can I just, uh, on behalf of myself and Carl, can I just apologise? Can I, shut up, can I just apologise for Justin's attempt at some kind of homogenised US accent there, which worked on no level? We're normally better than, no, we're not really, never mind. We're not, no, we're not better than that. Okay. So, well, it remains to be seen, doesn't it? But it does look as though there may be some plans to maybe do something different at the top, perhaps. That's all we can say on that. We don't sure it. We, 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 know, we, we know nothing. We do have to really. go back about three years to see that Gino has been looking for an investment partner for quite some time. There has been discussions with, we know, we know of at least two US groups who were looking at it at one stage. We know that the Udinese purchase plus 10% of Watford was mooted, but trying to get to the bottom of exactly where that went, we don't know. Obviously, the thing with COVID and everything would have might have skewered a whole host of investments and things. So this kind of, it sits in with it and we would be, I would be surprised if Gino was not looking to bring in either investment or at this moment in time, looking at how he succession plans. As I said before, Gianpaolo Pozzo is 82. He ain't making plans for what he's going to be doing in 2030. I'll tell you that. It's certainly not for Udinese. At some point, a member of the Pozzo family, presumably, is either going to take over the running of that. Now, who's been running football clubs for the last 15 to 20 years? Gino Pozzo. Now, Could he run two clubs? Maybe, who knows? His sister is also involved. There was a video of her going out to, I think it was Al-Hilal out in in Saudi Arabia and being at some kind of conference and having conversations. They are networked in to finance and football people, and we know that people in the US are looking at what soccer can do. I apologise, generic American accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, You've done it there. That was very generic. Yeah, Yeah. I apologise. That that, that might be a, a, a... of interest. Obviously, yeah. Todd Bowley at Chelsea, notwithstanding, some of them might be quite good. 
Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So I think we're probably towards the end of the uh, the questions. There is one more that I'm going to go on and then we can uh, go on to any other business. This comes from Ben Ayton. He says, what's your plan for the FCA awards on Thursday? On Thursday, is it also a free bar? It's not a free bar. <laughs> Justin nearly had heart failure when he saw the bar. <laughs> Five pounds for a bottle of butt. <laughs> you having a laugh. What do you like at sneaking in booze, Carl? Are you any good at that? Have you got a hip flask or anything? I have got a hip flask. Yeah. Uh, uh, can I, can I just point out the fact that... different places. Hold on. The first half an hour of this has been bloody stewards. Blah, 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 blah. Are you any good at sneaking in booze? Hello? Yes. Hello? That's, what's that noise? Yeah. It's Justin tumbling <laughs> down from the moral high ground. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I never said anything about stewards. This was Carl. I was just listening. I, I think, I, yeah, it's, I suppose there's going to be a, a vlog. I imagine there's vlog potential here, Carl, right? There's vlog potential, but I don't know if it's vloggable. Maybe we could do a vlog. I was we'll thinking of drunk we get. possibly doing the... Yeah, exactly. You get really drunk, don't we? Well, or, you start on the train, right? That, that, that's sober, right? So there's yeah, probably some... yeah. No, we could do a vlog. I'm more than up, up for... The, if people want to see a vlog of that, we, we could do that. But we've also got the recording equipment that we could go mobile with. Yeah, uh, I think we we could talk to uh, a few other podcasts. I, th- I think I think we need and, I think know. we need to temper some level of expectation here. But yes. but th- we thank you everybody for listening and basically putting up with our inane ramblings. We're not actually expecting any actual judges looking to judge quote unquote football content to hear us and go. I wonder what oh, I w- they I did an awful what, they did an awful lot listened. on on Chinese food <laughs> with mayonnaise. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you, I saw her on Saturday. And I said to her, Who? I said, oh, Becky. Danny Irons, boy. Becky? Yeah, Becky. Oh, yeah. Becky. I, I had an answer to that when I got there. I said, oh, you're the, you're the one who likes Chinese with mayonnaise. And she rolled her eyes and said to say, not another fucker bringing that up. I think everybody <laughs> yeah. no. she, did, she did pull me to one side and I was going to say castrate me there, but that was just the wrong terminology, yeah, and say that she wasn't too happy that I brought that up. I was going to say the truth. I said, true or false, you eat Chinese food with mayonnaise. I did. So you don't anymore? No. There we are. So I said oh, I'd okay. bring that to everyone's attention oh, on a podcast, but she used to, yeah. If, if I may, I did approach Mr. Danny Iron and I did ask whether he wished to... You were to, there, Peter. He wished to there. defend the family honour that the suggestion that his wife did indeed partake of mayonnaise and Chinese cuisine. And he did go, oh, no, she does. I oh, know she does. He said, and she says she doesn't anymore. He said, but I'm not sure I believe her. I went, do you want to defend the family honour anyway? He went, absolutely. So he's coming on the world versus Carl. Danny, oh, five-star oh, oh. ion, is coming back on, everybody. There you go. He Def- beat me last time, didn't he? He, he scored five, mate. He scored five out of five yeah. before, fin- before finally You're allowing... You're doing this. You're only doing this because... Oh, no, I can't say it. <laughs> Because you're, you're doing all right. Because you're doing all right. Yeah. Yeah, no. If you remember, okay. if anybody listens to The World versus Carl, when Danny Iron came on previously, he made Becky stay back and she just wanted to go out there and basically go out on the Raz and get to the Chinese and add some mayonnaise. But we made them wait. No more. <laughs> she has it in the restaurant. Do you think she has it in the restaurant? Because surely a Chinese restaurant is going to... I, gonna... I bar her. If that was my restaurant, if I was of that, I'd bar her. I'd be like, you get out. They- they probably haven't got any. She must be taking her own in. This, this takes us back yeah, to the episode. She looks the sort that would carry mayonnaise in her hand. Oh, well, see, now, now, you, now you've done it. Because Doing if it. you ever use if you ever use the phrase she looks the sort, you you're in a world of You should never ever use that phrase ever. That's a really, no, really no, no. bad Welcome, to, to, stick well, with welcome to edit again. point ninety-four. In fact, in fact, I demand that the next home game that we search her handbag for mayonnaise. <laughs> right. That'll have already been done coming down Occupation Road. 
You look the sort. You look the sort that carries <laughs> you condiments. Have yeah. Condiments on you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, section. Anyway, Danny is um, coming on because yes, we are wheeling out uh, some big guns. For fuck's sake. Yeah, we're ne- next recording session, which as we speak is tomorrow night. There's going to be a number of people coming. How many on. we got? How many people are coming on? Oh, we have a few. Absolutely. You're going for me, aren't you? You are going yeah. for me. I can see. Kitching. Yeah, yeah. And yet, in answer to your question, Ben, no, there isn't a free bar as far as I'm aware. <laughs> <unless> <laughs> we're making that, film. that was the question. Somehow. I forgot about Ben's question. Sorry. Oh, ben. Well, there was a question from Ben about ten minutes ago. Yeah. yeah. Can I also add, Ben is coming on tomorrow to defend the honour of Voices of the Vic because he came on Saturday and we uh, went they're, they're still with the elephant in the room what about Mike's thing are you going to coach him for the next time he comes on he went no I was very disappointed with Mike and I'm going to come on next time but okay that's going to happen oh, <laughs> it's all go isn't it people it is. are really gunning for me the stewards, the fans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes, yes. You won't be welcoming Watford soon. <laughs> You'll be run oh, well. out of town. There you go. There you go. No, but your own town. <laughs> yeah, true. Your own town. You're right yeah, there. True. Uh, yeah. So there we go. That's that bit done. Thank you to everybody that did actually encourage us to go to the FCAs and vote for us. That will be. Thursday's activity and Friday's and Hangover. um yeah. <laughs> Friday's recovery day for me. <laughs> yeah, not if the beers are five pounds for a bottle. I might have to no, that's that's true. I think we'll find some other ways and means. I'll we'll have a chat off air about that. I think there must be ways. There's bound, there's bound to be counterfeit beer in Liverpool. You have to say these things, didn't you? You have to use the phrase she looked the type. <laughs> And then you have to talk about booze. P- Peter just looked down there and shook his head. <laughs> Good grief. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? <whistles> At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.